Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Let's jump straight in. Tech Guide. This was a real effort to push into that growing consumer space, very competitive space in Australia. It does give the user plenty of options, whether you're working or viewing content on the device. Keeping you updated and educated. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. Knowing Apple, you just don't know what to expect. Tech Guide. They've gone from taking an excellent device and they've made it even better. It's had a redesign inside and out. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide episode 187, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news, reviews and opinions. Thanks for listening and thanks for downloading and for all you first time listeners, welcome aboard. This week's show is coming to you from the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. We're going to be talking about the latest releases from Samsung, LG, Alcatel OneTouch and Telstra. We're also going to be talking to Prasar Gokali, Samsung Australia's Vice President for IT and Mobile, about the company's new products and roadmap for Australia. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the Skyhawk 9600 ultra-high-powered binoculars and the Lenovo Yoga Tablet 3 Pro. And we'll finish it off with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company that helped keep you and your family safe online. Plenty to talk about, so let's get cracking. Well, we are here in Barcelona for the Mobile World Congress. This is an annual event that's held here. It's the all the big mobile vendors and networks. They all converge on Barcelona every year. And this year is no different. They're, all the major companies are here. And Samsung got the ball rolling this time. They had a pretty major uh, launch event at a con- one of the largest convention centres here in Barcelona. And just to set the scene for you, there was about more, more than 4,000 attendees. And with VR, virtual reality, becoming a bigger part of the show and product offerings from companies, which we'll talk about in a moment, Samsung, on every seat, that's more than 4,000 seats, had a, ga- a Gear VR headset for every single person in the audience. So part of the presentation was actually presented through the Gear VR. Uh, So it was a really interesting way to introduce the products. So rather than the conventional, everyone sitting there looking up at a big screen, we were all part of it. It was this virtual reality experience. So we were actually part of the presentation, which is really interesting. But let's get down to the products that were announced. The Samsung Galaxy S7 and the S7 Edge. So these are the two new Hero products. The S7 has a 5.1-inch screen. The S7 Edge, a 5.5-inch screen. Now, top to toe, these are very high-quality devices. Super AMOLED displays. They've got a new always-on display, so all that important information is, is on the screen at all times, like the time, things like unread emails, missed calls, the weather, battery status, things like that. The The Edge has a larger display this time, and it has that traditional uh, left and right curved edges on the screen. But interestingly enough, last year, the S6 was kind of conspicuous. Uh, the, some of the features were conspicuous by their absence, and I'm, ta- I'm talking about the expandable memory and the uh, the, water, the waterproof capabilities. Uh, the S5 had 
both uh, expandable memory and uh, was waterproof. S6 uh, did not didn't offer any waterproof protection and didn't have a micro SD card slot. And instead, the company went down. They took a leaf out of Apple's book and, and didn't have the removable memory, but allowed people to choose their memory, whether it's 32, 64, 128 gig. Now, it's no secret that the Galaxy S6 kind of fell below expectations, but I think Samsung has made things right here with the S7 and the S7 Edge. They've retained, they've brought back the micro SD card slot. It's actually a hybrid SIM card tray, so it's got the normal nano SIM. And you've also got the ability to choose whether you want to have a second SIM card in the phone or use a micro SD card. So that that's up to the user. Uh, you can expand your memory or have a second SIM card in there. That's entirely your choice. It is also waterproof once again. It's got an IP68 rating, so you can actually submerge the phone for up to 45 minutes in one and a half meters of water, which is pretty impressive. On the camera side, they've got a 12 megapixel camera this time out, but they've got a new f1.7 f aperture on the lens, which means that it brings 25% more light into the sensor, which now deals with larger pixels, and larger pixels mean better images. It's also a very big improvement on the brightness, and, and when you're taking images in low-light situations, it's now better than ever before. Uh, on the performance side, the, the uh, processor has also seen a significant increase. It's 30% faster than the, than the previous models, 60% better graphics performance. So when it comes to gaming, and we should point out 70% of users play games on their devices, this is a really, really big, significant upgrade for those players who love to uh, play those high, those intense games that only a few years ago were only possible on a computer. Now they are possible on a smartphone. Now, one interesting little feature of the Samsung devices is a cooling system. Now, anyone knows whenever there, there's a, a high-performance processor, it, just, it does generate heat. But this time out, what Samsung has done, they've actually got a copper pipe filled with water next to the processor, this tiny pipe. And what happens when the pipe being next to the processor can, can sense the heat from the processor, it draws off this heat and pushes it out of the device. Then when so so the water vaporizes and and helps get rid of that heat, and once it cools down again, the condensation returns the water to its original state, ready to go for the next time it needs to cool down the processor. Really interesting. On the battery side, the S7 has a 3,000 milliamp hour battery, and the S7 Edge has a 3,500 milliamp hour battery, which uh, has the potential for up to two days battery life. Now. Those devices weren't the only products that Samsung announced here at the Mobile World Congress. They also announced the Gear 360. Now, this is a 360-degree camera that, are, that has two cameras, actually. So there's a lens on the front, lens on the back. Both have 180-degree field of view. So when combined, you're getting 360 degrees. Can shoot, uh, can shoot stills, I think 15 or 16 megapixel stills, and it got 15 megapixel stills, and also near full high definition video as well. It's got a removable battery as well as a micro SD card. Comes with a small tripod, so you can uh, position that or use it as a small handle to if you do want to hold onto it. Now, what's significant about the Gear 360 is it now pay, places the power in the customer's hands to create their own virtual reality 
pictures, virtual reality movies. And of course, with the Gear VR, they can be enjoyed in that device as well. In fact, at the launch that I spoke about earlier, surprise guest was Mark Zuckerberg the, from, from Facebook. You've got to remember, Facebook is also the owner of Oculus, which is the company that Samsung partnered with to create the Gear VR. Mark Zuckerberg was talking about this virtual reality, VR being the next frontier of, of photography and how uh, more and more people are starting to share it and how he was uh, so, so proud to be associated with a company like Samsung through his company, Oculus. So expect to see the, uh, a lot more people sharing VR on Facebook in the near future. While we were at the launch, we caught up with Prasad Gokali, who is Samsung's Vice President, Samsung Australia's Vice President for IT and Mobile. We asked him a few questions about, look, are these the products we've been waiting for and what is the roadmap for Australia? And here's what he had to say. Well, Prasad, thanks for joining me. We're here in Barcelona for the Mobile World Congress where we've just seen unveiled the Galaxy S7 and the S7 Edge. Now, is this Samsung's best ever set of smartphones? Um, Stephen, first of all, um, it's a pleasure and honor that we could show you what we, we have been planning now for um, a year or so in making in terms of our whole commitment to delivering beyond mobile experiences to customers. And this is a good example of Samsung's continuous commitment and relentless uh, pursuit uh, for delivering best possible meaningful innovation. Mm -hmm. And today heralds the new way of that. The, the devices released last year, uh, people were it was a kind of a new direction for Samsung. There was no memory card. There was the waterproof capabilities were taken away. Do these products now kind of correct that little misstep? So we don't look at it like that. Uh, we did uh, two things. First of all, uh, with the, till the GS5, we have continuously innovated, and we wanted to bring a new design language and a new beautiful way of crafting devices with metal and glass. And that's what we did, we did with GS6. But whilst doing so, uh, in order to keep a certain size of the phone and certain uh, dimensions, we had to let go, at that time, the waterproofing and the memory cards. Mm -hmm. But now, now the technology has matured and we have become... Uh, you know, much more used to it. So we have uh, brought back the memory card and waterproofing. Mm -hmm. So for me, it is just a commitment to a constant innovation. And whilst doing so, uh, for for a certain generation, we had to take out what people mm -hmm. were used to. But it was not a uh, you know lack of understanding of why we did it. Yeah. And I see that the release date is actually quite soon, March 11. So. Uh, you, you don't want to you don't want to miss a moment. You want to get this into the market as soon as possible. Absolutely. The thing is, we have uh, today shown to our uh, consumers, our customers, and our partners what we are going to bring to market and why to wait. And good news for all Australians: we will be starting the pre-sales of the Galaxy S7 and Galaxy S7 Edge as early as next Friday, Australian time, uh, which is 26th of February, and. As per our global commitment, all Australians who pre-order the devices from 26th of February till prior to 11th of March will get a, a VR with their GS7 or GS7 Edge. Well, that's a great segue to my next question. The 360, uh, the Gear 360 is a new 360-degree camera. It's, it's no secret that Samsung's right behind VR. We saw Mark Zuckerberg here today, mm -hmm. who uh, the head of Facebook, and, and Facebook, who, which also owns Oculus. Mm -hmm. So uh, how big is this arrangement with well, Facebook, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, on the same stage as Samsung tonight? Um, so 
so it's a it's a it's a great example of uh, world leaders um, in uh, um, innovation uh, coming together with Samsung, and this is part of our heritage. Over the years, we have partnered with Google. Now we partner with Facebook, and this is again an example of re relentless um, pursuit of customer excellence. And we make sure we work with the best in the industry. And uh, let me reiterate: the Gear 360 is part of the whole ecosystem we are going to build and are building to make sure that the Galaxy S7 and products beyond become the hub which will which will that hub will connect to all those fantastic products like mm -hmm. the 360 camera or the VR that's for today future is very bright yep. but these will allow people to do things in 3D in real time mm -hmm. and deliver those experiences which will make virtual reality a reality yeah and I, uh, I noticed too there's a lot of significant partnerships uh, Samsung Pay is coming to Australia this year can you tell us when that will be? Uh, as, as a global announcement, uh, in 2016, uh, I cannot commit to the exact dates right now as uh, we have to respect the partnerships we have in place. We are working with our partners and efforts are being made to deliver Samsung Pay in Australia at the earliest. One key thing I will want to highlight on Samsung Pay, Samsung Pay is a broader agenda of Samsung, uh, which is about democratizing digital wallet. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a start where we are going to start with financial services. But our idea is that you will not have to have a wallet in your pocket. Your phone will become your wallet, whether it's your Medicare card, your, um, your payment system for your bus or your train, or using your library card, or using your bank card. It's all going to be one, and that's the pursuit we have. Just getting back to the devices, the S7, the S7 Edge, uh, the, the very impressive specs across the board, the camera, the processor, gaming is now a big focus. Would you would you go so far as saying these are the best devices Samsung have created? Uh, I, absolutely, and I'll go a step further. I'll go a step further say, going forward, customers don't need to worry about what Samsung is doing in camera, yes, the best in the world. What Samsung is doing in the memory, the best in the world. What Samsung is doing in terms of water ingress management, the best in the world. Actually, we are doing something more special. We are going to take it beyond and deliver experiences such as 360 camera, such as the VR, such as Samsung Pay, which will make the whole experience of owning a mobile from Samsung much better. Great. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Prasad. Thank you, Stephen. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. Now, we're moving on to our next launch here at Mobile World Congress, and that's from LG. Now, LG uh, released the G5, and what's unusual about this device, it's not your typical smartphone. Outwardly, sure, it looks like your typical smartphone, but it has got what they call a modular design, which means that the bottom of the phone can actually, can actually be detached, so you can access the battery as well as add-on additional devices like, like a camera or a, a high-end audio system. And, and I'm sure down the track there will be third-party companies who want to create their own little add-ons for the LG G5 because it combines both the metal unibody chassis. So traditionally, if you've got a unibody, you can't snap open a back cover and take the battery out. But in this case, LG have cleverly created that bottom section of the phone that detaches so you can get to the battery. You could potentially carry a spare battery with you. Uh, if, if, you other, if your original battery runs low, you can pop in the new fully charged battery and you're on your way. And similarly, they have also offered add-ons from launch where you can uh, there's, there's a camera uh, module as well that when one, once connected offers a comfortable grip as well as physical controls for zoom, recording, a shutter. 
so that it is a lot more, a bit more comfortable way to take your photographs. Also in the cam camera module is a is a battery as well, a 1200 milliamp hour battery, which combined with a 2800 milliamp hour battery on board the device gives you even more power, 4000 in total, so that can take your battery life even further. Another add-on module is a portable hi-fi audio player from Bang & Olufsen. Now this slides into the base and supports 32-bit 384 kilohertz high definition audio playback. I did hear it myself. It sounded amazing. But it is it is interesting how LG are really thinking outside the square, kind of building this modular, almost Lego-like system that allows uh, you to add on different modules and, and extend the usage of the smartphone. So you're still taking advantage of the processor uh, and all the other features, but it, it does allow you to expand that in many, many interesting ways. It's got a 5.3-inch glass quad HD display and has got a resolution of 2560 by 1440 with a 551 PPI, that's pixels per inch. Really interesting device just on its own, but there were even other products they did announce, and they called these the LG Friends. These companion products included, you guessed it, a 360 degree camera. Now, this is made up of two 13 megapixel wide angle lenses, so you can shoot 16 megapixel stills as well as 2K videos. That's full HD video as well. They've even partnered with Google Street View, so you can upload images and videos to the service so you can not only, so people can not only see your work, but you could also see creative content from other users as well. And of course, to view that footage, they've got the 360 VR. Now what's different about this is that it is a lot less bulky than other VR headsets that we've seen. Rather than having, in Samsung's case, the smartphone inside the headset to, to create the screen, LG has just connected their device, the, uh, the G5, with a cable. So there is a small display inside the VR that's powered through the cable by the G5. And what the result is a VR headset that's a, as small as a pair of sunglasses. Also, there's a new device called the Rolling Bot. This is a spherical robot. It's got a camera on board, and you can control it with your G5. You can look at it, look at it through the camera while you're in the room or even remotely. So it's kind of like a security device. You can check on the pets, check it, have a look around, roll it around your house to see what's what. There's even a laser pointer if you want to play, play some games with your pets as well. The Smart Controller is another LG friend. This is designed to make flying drones even easier. Drones are a little bit tricky to fly for some people, but with the LG Smart Controller, it's as easy as playing a game. So it's got more like a gaming controller layout rather than a sophisticated remote that can really intimidate some people and uh, they choose not to fly the drone. So the Smart Controller can help them access to, to, to enjoy the drone and view what what's the drone can see through the G5, which clips into the controller as well. So a really interesting product lineup from LG. We can expect to see them in, in the coming months. I should add that the Samsung devices, the, G, the S7 and the S7 Edge, are going to be available on March 11. They've already specified a date. Pricing is up on TechGuide. You can also read about the LG G5 at techguide.com.au.
Alcatel One Touch also made an announcement just before Mobile World Congress kicked off uh, here in Barcelona. Their major announcement was, apart from new products, was a logo change and also a name change. The Alcatel One Touch name is now just simply going to be called Alcatel. Uh, result of that is because Alcatel Lucent, the last other division of Alcatel, is now merged with Nokia Networks. So Alcatel One Touch, the phone division, was the only Alcatel division of the business left. The whole company's owned by TCL, the Chinese uh, TV manufacturer. So they decided we're going to drop One Touch and just simply be known as Alcatel. Combining uh, combined with that announcement was also a new logo, uh, which which obviously doesn't have One Touch in the title anymore, but it is a, a pretty modern i quite like the new logo check it out on tech guide if you like but what was the big announcement was the idol 4 and the idol 4s now we've raved about the idol 3 which was released last year this is a pound for pound one of the best android smartphones we've seen and the idol 4 and idol 4s continue that tradition the idol 4 has got a 5.2 inch screen the idol 4s a 5.5 inch 2k amoled screen both just 6.9 millimetres thick. They also retain that reversibility feature. Remember with the Idol 3, no matter what way you pull it out of your pocket, the screen will always face the right way up. It'll correct itself no matter how you hold it. Same thing applies for the two front-facing speakers, which automatically assign themselves to left and right, no matter how the device is sitting or being held. But one of the other new features is a new uh, the boom key. This is a new programmable button that allows users to enhance or, in Alcatel's words, boomify their experience. So you can program this key. So when you use the camera, it lets you take photos in stand from the standby lock screen. You can also, in the gallery, shuffle your pictures, create effects in your videos, adjust the sound quality so it ups the bass and the amp. Uh, you can even increase, uh, intensify your gameplay and create a 3D effect for the launcher. So the boom key is really going to put the power in the user's hands to really enhance that experience. Under the hood, Qualcomm Snapdragon 617 processor and the the Idol 4S has the 652 Snapdragon processor as well. The Idol 4S also has a virtual reality mode as well. But what happens is that you can use the packaging of the Idol 4S and you can then transform that into a pair of virtual reality goggles so you can use uh, place the device inside those and enjoy a virtual reality experience. I'm telling you, everyone's into virtual reality here. VR, 360-degree cameras, it's all happening. The Idol 4 and the Idol 4S, you can check both of those out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide, this is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Now, also in town here in Barcelona was Telstra. Now, they had an interesting announcement to make, a few announcements, as a matter of fact. Uh, and one, though, that caught our eye was the fact that they intend on launching the first the first Wi-Fi hotspot that's capable of speeds of up to one gigabit per second. That is fast. As they're improving their network, they're improving, they're working with their network partner, Ericsson. This is the company they've been working with for, for many years. They were the company that helped build the Next G network back in 2006. And they've continued to work with, with Ericsson. And they, as they roll out the improvement of the network, which we should see starting around the Br Brisbane, Sydney and Melbourne CBDs, and which will it'll expand out even further, 
as we see that happening, you're going to see this new one gigabit per second hotspot, which is going to be created in conjunction with Netgear. Netgear is their partner. Uh, our sponsors here at Tech Guy, the, uh, the uh, Netgear, they are building this device in partnership with Telstra, and it's going to be a slightly different. It's going to have a circular design. They're saying it's, it's shaped like a hockey puck, and it'll be just as portable as those previous models, but allow you to connect up to 20 devices from that little gateway. So if you've got your smartphone, tablets, laptops, 20 devices can connect there at the same time. Now, what they're doing to improve the network, they're using what they call carrier aggregation, which allows them to combine different bandwidths to come up with more bandwidth as a result. So it's like adding lanes to an already busy highway. They're already also talking about 4x4 MIMO beamforming capabilities. That's multiple in, multiple out beamforming, another technology that allows devices to use that uh, the network and download data and upload data even faster. Interestingly, they did announce too that in 2018 at the Commonwealth Games, they are going to deploy a trial of their 5G service. What we're up to now is kind of a 4.5G with LTE, but 5G is due to be uh, due to be available by 2020 as the technology improves and of course as they as the spectrum becomes available the 5G service is going to get a run during the 2018 Commonwealth Games which is going to be held on the Gold Coast so really interesting news there from Telstra I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on that uh, 1 gigabit per second dongle that's going to be super fast so if you want to read about that you can do that at techguide.com.au The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And if you've got Netflix, you need to get a Netgear Nighthawk X4S modem router and take your gaming, movies and streaming to the next level this summer. With MUMIMO, which is multiple in, multiple out, multi-user, and quad stream technology, you'll enjoy faster speeds, reduced buffering and lag, and simultaneous streaming to all your devices. So there's less waiting for your favourite movies to load. And with increased range from four high-powered antennas and amplifiers to increase coverage, dependability, and performance, you can enjoy smooth streaming all summer long. Visit netgear.com.au to learn more. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennig. Tech Guide. Well, our first review this week is a tablet. It's from Lenovo. It is the Lenovo Yoga Tablet 3 Pro. Now, this is a tablet, Android tablet, 10-inch screen, got all the features you come to expect, with one major difference. It has a built-in projector. Now, the Lenovo Yoga Tablet gets its yoga name because of the, the built-in stand. So the stand that, that pops out from the back can be positioned so for typing, viewing. You can even hang the, uh, the using the stand, you can hang the tablet. The barrel that makes up the stand is where the projector is situated. So as you adjust the stand, you can also adjust the projector. So it allows you to project whatever's on the screen onto a wall, onto a ceiling, so you can enjoy it up to 70-inch size screen 
uh, 50 lumens brightness coming out of this thing as well. So it's really comfortable and surprisingly clear to watch a movie, maybe you're making a presentation, whatever content you want to project can be done now using the Yoga Tablet 3 Pro. The projector also has keystone correction. And what that means is that when the screen, the image is bounced onto a wall or a ceiling, it sometimes doesn't appear rectangular at first. It's sort of a trapezoid kind of shape. What the Lenovo tablet can do is correct that automatically. And you see when you move it from, say, the wall to the ceiling and vice versa, you see the screen having that trapezoid shape for a second or two and then bouncing into that rectangular shape. So no matter where you do it, where you point it, it's going to look great. There's no focusing required either, so it is simple to use and a really good way to enjoy your content wherever you are. You may be laying back in bed and watching a movie on the ceiling. You may be making a presentation in a boardroom. Whichever way you go, the Yoga Tablet 3 Pro can really suit. Now, it is a, uh, it's got 2 gig of RAM, 32 gig of memory. It does have a micro SD card slot. And with that barrel on the side, that gives you extra battery life. This has got an 18-hour battery performance, one of the best battery performance we've seen on a tablet. Although that, it does, that, that barrel shape may not suit everybody. It is a really easy way to hold the tablet as well, and as well as giving you not only that extra battery, but also where, where the projector is situated as well. So for customers after that long battery life and that projector, I think they're going to forgive that small barrel down the side. It doesn't quite fit in the, the tighter spaces like some of the thin tablets, but it does deliver that amazing projector. So the Lenovo Tablet 3 Pro, priced at $799. And if you want to read our complete review, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Next up, we're talking binoculars. Not just any old binoculars. These are the Skyhawk 9600 ultra high powered binoculars. We had these over Christmas, and I've got to say, I was amazed. Now, it's not quite a telescope, but it's way more than a pair of binoculars. And, and don't think that because they're binoculars, you can just hoist them up to your eyes and hold them there. They're quite heavy. They do come with a tripod and also a wheelbase, so you can move them around your home, outside, wherever you want to view. You can easily do it with the tripod and that wheelbase. Now, they're not cheap. They're $3,499. But you've got to remember, the bulk of that cost comes from all those optics that are built in. And you can get up to 40 times magnification. There are two eyepieces. One that offers 25 times magnification. The other offers 40 times magnification. So we had it when there was a beautiful full moon. And with 40 times magnification, the moon felt close enough to touch. We could see craters, the surface detail, incredible. Stars up close, not quite enough magnification to see things like the rings of Saturn. We're just shy of that. But other uses, apart from stargazing, is if you've got a terrific view, you may have, you may live on, on a cliff top or have this beautiful view down to the beach, or you may be a nature lover like bird watching. Wherever you want to use this thing, it is amazing. The, the views you can get through it, and because it's, a bino it's binoculars, not a telescope, you got both of your eyes open, so it's really clear to view whatever you want to see. So if you live, if you've got a terrific view, you can now see that view in even more detail with the Skyhawk 9600. And again, if you're a nature lover, it's very easy to pack up into a metal case. The tripod folds away. You can take it on your favorite holiday spot or any, any, any areas of beauty that you want to check out even further. We heard that Aerosmith lead singer Steven Tyler purchased four of these for his homes in California and Hawaii. And 
He even gave one to his good friend Johnny Depp. We also heard that Tonight Show host, former Tonight Show host Jay Leno, is also a big fan of the product as well. The Skyhawk 9600 comes with that aluminium case, professional tripod. It's got that fluid pan head, so it's really easy to pan and tilt the binoculars. It's got the also the swiveling wheel set. It also comes, too, with a smartphone adapter. So you can actually connect the phone's camera, line it up with one of the eyepieces, and take photos and videos through it as well. Really interesting product. Not the cheapest, as I said, $3,499, but you do get a lot of bang for your buck. This is a very, very impressive product. Really gets you up close to what you're viewing. If you want to read our full review, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is also proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that helps keep you and your family safe online. Today, we live in a world where cyber criminals are working overtime, trying to find new ways to steal your personal information. The team at Norton is dedicated to keeping people safe online, no matter how they connect. So whether you're paying bills on your phone, shopping on your tablet, or banking on your laptop, Norton's latest internet security solution, Norton Security Premium, is working behind the scenes to keep your information, your identity, and your devices protected. It also comes with a secure PC cloud backup, so you can back up and save your personal files, photos and videos, and other memories that live on your devices. For more information about Norton Security Premium and how to protect your online life, check out au.norton.com. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Uh, It's not the usual Tech Guide Help Desk this week, but it is kind of a topic that would fall into a question that someone may ask. It has to do with iPhone encryption or smartphone encryption in general, and also Tim Cook. This is a really interesting story about Tim Cook and his defiance of an FBI order to crack an iPhone that was once owned by a terrorist. What has happened is the the uh, San Bernardino terrorist who was uh, killed by police in the shootout left behind an iPhone 5C. Now, like any other iPhone that's secured with a password or a fingerprint, the contents of that phone are encrypted and cannot be cracked unless you have the password or the fingerprint. Now, the terrorist who was uh, named Syed Farouk had, was killed, as I said, by police. So there was no way for authorities to crack the iPhone. So what they've done, the FBI has, has uh, the US government has issued an order for Apple to produce a, let's call it a master key, to be able to unlock that phone and view the contents. Now, a lot of people are thinking, well, what's the big deal? Why don't they do it? Well, Here is the big deal. It is a big deal, and it involves Apple creating this potential, this dangerous key, this code that could compromise every single iPhone on the planet. If you've got an iPhone, it could affect yours. The government could use it to get into your phone. This is Apple demonstrating that they they do back their customers, they want to protect their customers, give customers the assurity, the, the assurance that their content is encrypted. If anything, this proves that if the FBI can't crack the phone, no one can. And this gives, I think, customers peace of mind that they know that if their device does happen to fall in the wrong hands, is lost or stolen, no one can get at their stuff. It's a brick. You cannot get at it. So 
Tim Cook's stance is that, look, they've got no sympathy for terrorism and they, they want to back the, the government and the police as best they can. But they feel that providing that master key for the FBI and if it would fall in the wrong hands or get out in the wild, would be uh, it would cross a line that they're, they're a little bit worried about crossing, that they're, they're a little afraid and, uh, and they feel they shouldn't cross. A lot of people are crying out saying, well, why not just do it with this one time and let them have it? Well, how do we know it's going to be the one time? How do we know that the FBI won't want to maybe crack your phone or my phone for information? They could come up with any kind of reason they wanted it to, to give them the authority. It would set a very dangerous precedent, and it's a, it would be a very, very slippery slope. And naturally, Tim Cook has his reservations. He did write an open letter on the Apple website discussing the issue and felt pressured from the U.S. government. This is an unprecedented step uh, and uh, of them being asked to do something that it really goes against the the Apple code, the Apple uh, protection of its customers. So really interesting story. Apple uh, is, is still facing this U.S. government demand. Uh, will they stay, stand up to it for all time? Will they cave in? Will they hold their ground? These are questions that we're asking and, and waiting to see what Apple's next move is. But if you want to read that uh, that full letter that Tim Cook wrote to customers, you can check it out on the American website. That's apple.com. It's really interesting reading. Tell us what you think. I'd love to hear from you about this topic. Hit, hit us with an email, info at techguide.com.au, or maybe send us a shout-out on Twitter. You can tweet me at Stephen Fennec. You're listening to Tech Guide. And that's our show for this week. Everything we've talked about can be found at techguide.com.au. And if you'd love to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us, as I said, info at techguide.com.au. Thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and Norton, the company that helps keep you and your family safe online. It's been great having you with us once again, and we look forward to having you with us again next week. So until then, as we always say, stay safe and stay connected. 